Climbing hills with your adventure bike is easy when you know how. Today on our exclusive rider skills, we have arguably the best method you'll ever learn to turn your bike around when you don't make it to the top. And for those hill starts, you're going to learn a method that's right out of the Wild West. And of course, we can't talk about hill climbs off-road without discussing ABS brakes, why you should love ABS, and when you're going to hate them. My name is Jim Martin. This is Adventure Rider Radio. Stay with us. we got a good one for you. This episode is brought to you in part by Max BMW Motorcycles that's been outfitting adventure riders since 2002. They've got 45,000 parts and accessories available online and ready to ship to your door at maxbmw.com. And you can also sign up for their e-rider newsletter. It's free and I highly recommend it. That's www.maxbmw.com. The MotoBreeze chain oiler is powered by wind pressure that automatically adjusts for speed. No electrical or vacuum connections. It delivers oil to your chain with a felt pad that's mounted on your swing arm, which eliminates the problems of exposed nozzles near your sprockets. Get more miles from your chain and sprockets and forget about the messy spray oil. www.motobreeze.com. That's two eyes in there. www.motobreeze.com. Sam Manicum, Nick Sanders, Terry Borden, Sandy Borden, Jack Borden, Graham Field, Justin Vince, Jason Spafford, Lisa Murray, David Peterson, Rachel, Ed March, Glenn Hickstead, Dr. Greg W. Crazy, Bar, Michelle Lambert, Tiffany Coates, Herbert Schwanz, Zoe Cannell, Nathan Millward, Graham Hoskins, Joe Ross, Jeremy Craker, Simon Thomas, Lisa Thomas, Simon Pavey, Grant Johnson, Robert Wick, Seth Simon, Elizabeth Martin, Carol DeBell, and you're listening to Adventure Rider Radio. Best Rest Products is home of the Cycle Pump Tire Inflator, Tire and Bead Breaker, Easy Air Tire Gauge, and other adventure motorcycle gear. The Cycle Pump runs right off your bike's electrical system. It'll inflate your flat tire in less than three minutes. It's made in the USA, and it comes with a lifetime warranty. And Motorcycle Consumer News Magazine just chose the Cycle Pump as their top pick in a compressor shakedown. Also, Best Rest is a North American distributor for Google Tech filters, the filters that should be on your bike. Visit them at www.cyclepump.com. That's www.cyclepump.com. Green Chili Adventure Gear offers American-made, heavy-duty, innovative luggage systems for all types of motorcycles. Turn any bag into motorcycle luggage with this unique strapping system that's easy to use and switch from one bike to another. And of course, Green Chili Adventure Gear is all tested in extreme weather and terrain to withstand the abuse of adventure riding, which has gained them a top reputation for tough, reliable gear. www.greenchiliadv.com That's www.greenchiliadv.com and now for another Adventure Rider Radio exclusive rider skills segment where we talk methods and ideas to help you improve your riding skills. Now, of course, this segment is not meant to be a substitute for professional training. These are ideas and concepts that if you choose to try, you're clearly doing so at your own risk. Clinton Smout heads up Smart Adventures in Ontario, Canada. Smart Adventures trains riders for off-road motorcycles, adventure motorcycles, ATVs, and even snowmobiling. And not long ago, Smart Adventures passed a landmark of having trained over 100,000 students. Wow, that is incredible. Clinton Smout, welcome to Adventure Rider Radio. Hi, Jim. Thanks so much for having me. 100,000 students. What, over 21 years or something? Uh, 23 years. That's a lot of smelly knee pads, isn't it? That's <laughs> true. It's a lot, of, a lot of people through a school. Now, are you a Yamaha or a BMW certified school? Yeah, both really. Uh, BMW, about five, six years ago, approached us and offered to take me to Germany and train me as a BMW GS instructor. So although I didn't go to Germany, I ended up at a dump in the city of Edmonton, at the old city dump. Uh, eight of us were certified. And then we have another staff member. So there's two of us in Ontario. So how many staff members do you have? I think there's 34, and most of them are part-time, and then we have four full-time employees. Wow, that's that's quite an operation. So I, I can't help but notice, though, BMW, um, they wooed you with the trip to Germany, and they sent you to the dump in Edmonton. <laughs> yes, I was so excited because I've never been to Europe, but word got out in BMW dealerships that I was going to Germany, so principals of Argyle Motorsport and Blackfoot, they wanted to send people and start their own GS training. So there was enough folks that it just made economic sense to bring the head German instructor, Tom Wolf, to Edmonton. 
Ah, I see. It's a much better learn on your own turf there. Yes. Now, today's topic for rider skills was sort of inspired by an event I was at last year in Ontario, Canada. I was riding an off-road section and I came to a bottleneck. Now, what I was riding through is a sort of a tight, closed-in bush area. I thought I was by myself, really. I didn't see anyone in front or behind. But all of a sudden, I came up to this opening where the hill opened up and there'd been, I guess somebody had like sort of dozed a road in the sandy, rocky hill, sort of along the side of the hill, as you would see. So you got to drop off on one side and the hill going up on the other side. And it was, it was fairly wide, you know, 10 feet wide. There was a, a rider stuck halfway up or stopped halfway up. There was a rider that appeared to be stopped up near the top of the hill. And there was a bunch of people standing around, clearly riders that had made the hill already and came back down to help. The guy in the in the middle of the hill, he was riding an Africa twin, was stuck or at least stopped. He went up there and for whatever reason he stopped and he was trying to get going again. And then I wasn't there long watching this and another rider came up behind me and then another one behind him and behind him. So uh, I'm thinking when it comes my turn to go, and all these other riders, we don't have a, a, any run at this hill. We're going to have to start right from where we are, slightly at the, you know, at the bottom of the incline starting up. But I watched this guy in the Africa Twin. His method was rev it up, dump the clutch, and dig a hole. Yeah. And he jumped up and down on the bike, and he rocked it back and forth. He was trying everything, but he kept revving it up, dumping the clutch. And what he did, he's showering rocks and sand over everybody's head. Everybody's covering their, their heads and sort of running out of the way. It was quite the scene. Eventually, uh, there was a bunch of the riders, a few of the riders got together and literally pushed him up the hill as he sat on there and, and bounced up and down and spun it. And he just ripped a groove the entire way up the hill. And that got me thinking about hill starts because this hill was climbable. The riders that rode it properly made it up without any issue. It was challenging, but it was certainly climbable. But there's there's maybe two different options here. Um, we're going to talk about those two options. What are our two options for a hill like that? Um. The, what you described is what I've seen and experienced myself, especially as a young rider. I'd realized that I was about to get stuck and I'm not going further. So I stop, put both feet down, pull in on both levers. Now the weight transfer at that time when you're pitched on the hill is to the back wheel. So when we put our feet down and grab the front brake, the clutch is in. The bike usually slides back down the hill and I crash and my brother would laugh at me. <laughs> so the BMW way, if you realize you're not getting up the hill, what you should do is leave your clutch out and stomp on the rear brake. What happens is the engine is killed. You can put both feet down. You don't need to touch a lever and first gear in the stalled engine is now your anchor that's holding you on the hill. What the Honda rider that you mentioned that was just digging a great big hole, I think what he should have done is turned around and come back down. Mm -hmm. When you get to that point, there's a long line of riders. Somebody has to have the sense to say, stop folks, we're not making it up the hill. Let's get one person up. I always let my buddy go first or a student. <laughs> If I'm not sure of how steep it is, why should I get stuck? And watch their line, watch their technique. If they're getting stuck, they didn't hit it hard enough. They didn't have enough momentum. So the scene you described is the hardest. You're in the forest, you come around a corner. Before you know it, your front axle is higher than the rear. If you apply throttle then, with a big, heavy adventure bike on loose terrain, soft soil, sand, the back wheel is just going to bury. More throttle is not the answer. It's the same in the winter. Your car is getting stuck. Once it's spinning, more throttle is not the answer. You just create ice or it sinks. So what we tell people is you've got to have lots of momentum and that comes with experience. How hard do I hit the hill at speed? That depends on the steepness, the length of the hill, the run up that I have available, and most importantly, the type of terrain. Because that would be difficult to predict. It you, is. you couldn't sit there and say to somebody, this is how fast you're going to hit. It's almost like a feel. You look at the hill and you go, I think I know what I need here. Yes. And if you're somewhat comfortable riding up hills, 
that experience will come. Um, the technique that you talked about, how you got up the hill, standing up, leaning forward, your eyes up. We insist that you ride with two fingers on the clutch because very often uh, hills are eroded and there'll be a U-shaped gully that you're going up from erosion. And oftentimes the motorcycle will want to go to the right or to the left and climb the side bank of the hill rather than go up the middle of the chute. The secret, just when you feel it's going the wrong way, is peg weight the opposite direction so the bike goes where you want. Slip the clutch in for a second. Straighten the steering and hit it again. Let the clutch out and keep on the gas. And the secret is it's easier on a hill to adjust your speed slower than it is to speed up on a hill. So a lesson we do on a tall hill is you should have enough momentum that three quarters of the way up, conceivably, you should be able to pull in your clutch and hit the kill switch and coast the rest of the way. Mm. So the speed, the momentum is already attained when you hit the hill, not on the hill. And and you, you're saying you can do that. Like that's the theory of what you're saying. But really that's what you're doing with the hill climb, isn't it? As you get to the top, you are getting off the gas. Absolutely. Especially as you're getting higher and you sense you're going to crest, you're going to make, if it's a steep hill that flattens out, uh, you definitely want to back off the throttle once you get up there. That's why you send your friend first. If you hear screams, then maybe there's a steep drop off on the other side if you've never been there. <laughs> or you might want to walk up and scope it out. <laughs> that could yes, be another option. Exactly. <laughs> okay, yes. so, so we're looking at we're looking at the two options really. We're we're talking the turnaround which you just described and uh, at to begin with, and then the hill start that you just said about now the, with um, slipping the clutch. We've got those two turnarounds. Like, what's the um? I guess what what are the principles behind this? What what are the physics behind this? Why are we having trouble getting it going up the hill? It's the mass of a heavy adventure bike, or even if you're on a 125, when the front wheel is much higher than the rear, the weight transfer is on the back wheel. So under power, if it's loose terrain, it will get stuck very easily. From a stop to go scenario, it will spin and sink. If it's hard rock, fantastic dry traction, you're susceptible to looping over backwards. It'll wheelie and come right over on you if you hammer the throttle from a stop and try to go. Because it's already, the front wheel's already much higher than the rear. It's like halfway in a wheelie already, even though it's on the ground. So that's again why we insist on off-road bikes, dirt bikes or adventure bikes, always ride with one or two fingers over your clutch because that's recovery if the front wheel isn't doing what you want it to. Do we ever climb a hill sitting down? Yes. Um, Sometimes just throwing your butt into the seat will put weight and mass on the suspension which helps the tire bite. So we also do it by adjusting our body position when standing. Ideally, you should be up on the pegs, leaning forward, chin over the handlebar, eyes up. But if it's very soft and you're spinning, just setting your weight back puts more weight on the tire. Hopefully you get better traction. But uh, most off-road hills are not paved so they're not smooth. If you try going up steep hills, sitting down, when you hit the exposed rocks and roots and ruts, that's going to hurt the butt and spine. And it's the wrong position to be in. When seated, we can't adjust our steering with peg weighting. Peg weighting quickly is if you take a bicycle and you are standing beside it, and provide momentum and just throw it down the road. It will go perfectly straight until it loses momentum. 
if you tie a big brick to one pedal and shoot it down the road, it's going to lean and turn in the direction of the rock or what brick on the pet pedal. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yep. So when you're going up a hill and your bike seems to be going to the right and you don't want it to lean heavily on your left foot. So we steer with our feet off road. So I want to go through the instructions for the turnaround and the hill start again, very slowly here. Yeah. So let's start off with the turnarounds. In this scenario, what you said is you, you've taken a run up the hill. You couldn't make the hill, like I explained there, this guy had done. In any case, you, you're not going to make it all the way up. I, I think we should start there because um, yes. it, there's a difference in how we're stopping. Because as you mentioned, we don't want to just pull in the clutch and pull on the front brake and try and hold ourselves nope. up there. As we're going up the hill, what do we pr- have to be prepared to do? Well, there's that point when you recognize, you know what, I'm not going to make it up this. If you try, keep going, and give it more and more throttle, all you're going to do is dig a big trench, dig a hole, which is going to mess up other riders and cause more erosion. So realize that you're not going to make it. That's not a big deal. Then you still got a little momentum before you've dug a hole. Leave the clutch out, stomp on the rear brake. Stomp on the brake. Yeah. So that that's really important here because that is probably counterintuitive Absolutely. for anyone who hasn't done that before. Because you know when you stop the brake, you've stalled the engine. Exactly. Now the hardest thing to do, Jim, is not to pull the clutch in. Because when have you ever stopped a motorcycle that has a clutch without pulling it in? Oh, it's something you have Never. to overcome. I mean, it's hard. So it's because really hard. It's automatic. Yep. So that's, we practice this over and over again in our two-day adventure course. And we teach dirt bikers as well in a smaller lesson. But uh, that's the hardest thing we have to remind them is leave the clutch out, stomp on the brake. What you achieve is that all the weight goes back onto the rear wheel. The rear wheel is hooked up to first gear because your clutch is out. So it positions it and stops it and holds it on the hill. First gear is your anchor. Then you can calmly turn around, look behind you. There's no nut charging up the hill behind you. If they are, wave them off. Turn your bars full lock to the left. Get your butt right off the seat and move your left boot as far away from your bike as the length of your leg allows. So now that bike is tipped right over. The reason we do this, you don't want to lean to the right when on a hill because we're going to turn. Because that right foot, that's a long step down. (laughs) That's a fall. So you want it leaned uphill. Also, another point is when a tire is leaned over, it's on the sidewall. That is a shorter diameter than the flat portion of the tire, which means it will hook tighter leaned over than standing up. Once the bar is at full lock, your right foot is on the peg, you're leaned right off the bike, slip the clutch extremely smoothly and slowly until you get one foot of a reverse, then smoothly let the clutch out to stop the bike. Reposition your foot. Do this five or six times until the front tire of your motorcycle is now arcing backwards. The rear tire is moving to the left and your motorcycle ends up perpendicular on the hill. So let me make sure we've got this scene. We've stopped by running up the hill, stomping on the brake. The bike is now pointed directly uphill and basically up and down the hill. We're leaning the bike over to the left and we're turning the handlebars to full left lock. And this is where the clutch is out and in first gear. And then we're sort of using the clutch as a reverse brake in a way. Exactly. Um, You're going to release the clutch to allow the bike to what you're essentially doing is, is turning on the hill. You're backing up and turning down so that you end up sideways on the hill. And now we're sitting sideways. The bike's leaned into the hill so that it's balanced on your left foot. 
Exactly. And what you've done is used gravity and pulling the clutch in to move backwards. And as soon as it gets away from you, slip the clutch back out. So first gear hooks up to the back wheel and stops the bike. So you don't do this in one motion. The clutch in and out is about five or six times. So you only move a foot or so at a time. Otherwise, if you just pull the clutch in right to the bar and hold it there, that front wheel will whip around and you're going to fall over on the hill under your bike. I've seen it happen. So it has to be done in increments. That's how you maintain smoothness and control. Now, while we're doing this, does it matter if the ignition is still on or does the ignition have to be off at this point? Oh yeah, leave it on. That's fine. Yeah, it's only going to take 30 seconds to turn around, so leave it Leave it on. And no chance of, of bump starting the bike. I mean, we're in reverse. No, no, not in reverse. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now we're sideways on the hill? Yes, perpendicular to it. So um, you tried to go straight up, you're now making a letter T with your marks that you made going up the hill. Right. We're effectively blocking the trail, right? We're, we're right across exactly. the trail going up. Exactly. Now, what we do is leave the clutch out. Don't touch a lever. The rear wheel is locked to the hill with first gear. Then with the motorcycle leaned over, move your handlebars full lock to the right then back to the left again and again, five or six times. Each time you do that motion, your front wheel eats up about eight inches of ground, moving closer and closer to a downhill position with the front wheel. But it's not going to race away on you because your clutch is out. And this is surprisingly effective. If, If you haven't tried it before, even on the slightest slope, working your wheel back and forth is like walking the bike around. Yes, it is. Very smooth, very safe, and in control. And it takes like way longer to describe it than it does to ride it. Then, once you've got the front wheel pointing further downhill than the back wheel, you could probably start it up, pull the clutch in, light it up, and hold it with the rear brake, because you, if you just pull the clutch in, woohoo, down the hill you go because <laughs> you've unhooked the anchor. Right, out of control. Yeah, that could be really exciting. Hopefully one of your friends has a helmet cam on. And as you are ready to go, now you're going to come down the hill using two brakes. What we teach for downhill is engine braking because if you have the clutch all the way out, on a steep hill on most adventure bikes, it's gonna go roughly 10, 12 kilometers an hour. If that's too fast, the brake we use, which surprises a lot of people, is the front. Now we don't grab it, we breathe on it with one finger only. Four finger brake use will allow too much power transfer and you'll probably lock it up and you'll make it down the hill, you just won't be on your bike anymore. So one finger braking will slow the motorcycle down to a speed lower than what engine braking alone will achieve. Now, you're covering your clutch with two fingers. If you put a lot of front brake on, it's phenomenally successful because all the weight transfer is putting the mass of you and your bike on the contact patch of the front wheel. Conversely, at the other end of the bike, when you're going down a hill, the suspension stands up. There's no weight on the back wheel. So if you use rear brake, you'll probably pick up speed because it just locks up. You'll hear some screaming coming from your helmet, and it probably slides out of control. So a lesson that's really important for off-roaders is front brake on a downhill but you have to do it very, very smoothly and carefully. If you're on much of a hill, if anyone's done a downhill that's very steep at all, in particular if it's loose, with the rear brake or engine braking, you'll actually gain speed. I mean, it's not enough to hold you. You absolutely need 
some front brake to slow yourself down. Yes, absolutely. And when you're doing that, should we be putting our butt back over on the back part of the seat? Absolutely. As long as your arms and legs are, your butt's back because you don't need more mass and more weight on the front wheel. That will cause the front wheel to lose traction faster and it will pitch to the right or left sliding out. That's pretty hard to regain. You can let go of the brake quickly and hope you get rolling traction, but it's probably too late. That happens in a millisecond. And that's a, a mini trebuchet. When that front wheel hooks and slides right or left, it catapults you over the handlebar. Spectacular to watch. <laughs> I, I'm sure it is. But uh, we're going to take a short break just for a couple of minutes here and thank a couple of sponsors that helped bring this episode to you today. But when we come back, we're going to be talking about ABS brakes, why you should love them and why you should hate them. Stay with us. We'll be right back. So next time you're looking for a place to ride, this has to be a destination for you or worked into your route of travel. It's Beaverdell, British Columbia in Southern British Columbia on Highway 33, the Red Rock Garage, a small coffee shop with a motorcycle addiction. They have camping there. They've got an EV charging station. Not that you'll probably need that on your bike unless you're riding a zero possibly, but... They've got uh, camping there where you can stay overnight. They've got a B&B, so you can make it a destination. It's just north of Washington State, and it has incredible riding in the area. It's deep in the Monashee Mountains. It is definitely a place to go. Work it into your next trip out. That's Beaverdell in southern British Columbia on Highway 33, the Red Rock Garage. And, of course, they've got fuel there and coffee. Stop by. Make sure when you do, tell them you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio. The Red Rock Garage, www.redrockgarage.com. That's www.redrockgarage.ca. Well, when it comes to standing up on your bike, you're standing on your pegs, which means your foot pegs are really important. And you know, the really surprising thing is, is just how sort of, dare I say, wimpy those stock pegs are that you get on your bike. If you have a look at what IMS products is putting out, IMS has an incredible array of foot pegs there. You can basically choose from a smaller peg to a larger peg, but they're designed specifically for adventure motorcycling. Uh, they've got the ADV1s and the ADV2s that I, I strongly recommend that you look at. These pegs are cast certified stainless steel, um, 17.4 stainless steel, heat treated, they're built in the USA, and they're warranted for life. They're designed to shed mud. Out of the pedal, so which means when you drop the bike into the mud, it doesn't ball up in a big ball of mud that sticks under your foot and makes your foot slide off. It's just one of the design aspects of things. The owner of IMS told me that when they were testing these foot pegs, one of the things they did was they put them in a press and they crushed them down until both sides touched. Let go of them, it sprung back, and there was nothing wrong with it other than the marks that the press had put on them. Incredible stuff. Drop by their website, www.imsproducts.com. And of course, anytime you're dealing with them, be sure, please drop our name in there. Tell them you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio. Now, we didn't talk about ABS. Now, not that it was, it was part of this, but but um, yeah. what's your thoughts on ABS? Well, I love it. For the reason it was invented, I think by the Germans way, way back, wet paved roads um, and a very quick story about this. I bought a KTM 990 years ago that had sat for seven years. It had 500 kilometers on it. It was seven years old. So the ABS pump was shot just from dormancy. It was $2,000 to put a new pump in it. And I told my buddy who owns the KTM shop, I've had so many bikes without ABS. I'm not putting $2,000 into it. And he goes, Clinton, it's the only KTM amongst a hundred bikes at your school. I want it perfect. So what he did is he took my crappy pump to a KTM training session in the States, and he got permission to put that pump in a static display bike that mechanics played with, but didn't run. And he took the good pump out of that bike, put it in mine. So it cost me $300, his labor. Hmm. The week I got that bike on the road, new to me, I was coming to work in the rain, and this is where ABS really works, is when it's wet. 
I was cut off by the proverbial left-hand turning vehicle who saw me at the last second and stopped in my lane. I got on those brakes as hard as I could, Jim, and I stopped about a meter from his front fender. And I wondered afterwards, could I have stopped without ABS? So what I did, I did it as scientifically as possible. I went down to a paved parking lot that morning at the resort that I have my business at. I took a whole bunch of pylons and another instructor, and I got up to 60 kilometers an hour. I didn't have room to do 80. That's what I was doing when the car cut me off. I got up to 60. I hit my braking marker pylon and got on the brakes as hard as I could with ABS. When I stopped, the other instructor put a yellow cone to indicate this is the braking distance it took me, which was substantial. Then I shut the ABS off. On European adventure bikes, they allow us to do that. The only Japanese bike currently that you can shut ABS off is the Honda Africa Twin, which if you push the gravel button, the G button, it will remove ABS from only the rear wheel. Otherwise, ABS is on every time you start it. Anyway, getting back to my experiment, it took me seven attempts with ABS off to get close to that braking marker. I never stopped in a shorter distance because the pavement was really wet. And I'm thought of as a pretty good experienced rider. My point is, in the wet pavement, ABS is the best invention. If you have to pay more for that feature on your street bike or adventure bike, I think you're an idiot if you don't. Because when the deer runs out in front of us or the car turns left, I don't care how good a rider you are, the tendency is to overbrake with the front and your foot. That causes lockup and skid. Rear wheel skidding isn't as detrimental as the front. You lock up that front brake and it hydroplanes on top of the volume of moisture on the pavement you're not slowing down very fast and mm. you're probably going to wipe out. Yeah, not to you're pretty much going down, aren't you, when you lock up the, the front yeah, wheel? Yeah, it's pretty tough. Pretty tough to hang on to. Pretty good. And then the rear one as well. I mean, if you're going in a straight line with the rear wheel locked up, that's one thing. But if it starts to go out sideways, then you're looking at a, a chance for a high side if you don't stay on the brake. Yes. And that's a lesson perhaps we could talk about in the future is a purposeful lesson we do in the gravel is brake slides. We ride along, pull in the clutch, hammer the back brake with ABS off, and when it locks up, keep your foot on that brake for three full steamboats, three seconds. As soon as it locks up, turn your handlebars a little jog to the left. The back wheel locked up will now drift to the right. Your job then is to look over your handlebars and steer out of that skid. Just steer straight. If you don't correct the steering, that rear wheel could come right around on you, then gain traction, and it will high side you up over the handlebars, especially on pavement. So that's why you always practice this in the gravel, never on pavement. Although the skill sets of Riding out a skid in gravel very closely resembles wet pavement, that amount of traction loss. So meaning if you can learn it in gravel, then you'd, you'd, be, you'd be much better off on pavement. Absolutely. Yeah, so so getting, yeah, getting back to it's, uh, so ABS for... ABS on adventure bikes, yeah. Right. So on the pavement, yeah. I mean, this is great. It's, it's great for all of us. What about in the dirt? Now, there's... Um, different philosophies depending on the manufacturer. I spoke with a nice fella from uh, Japan. He's an engineer for Yamaha. And I was frustrated because I was a BMW instructor. Everything pounded into my head of the German philosophy is then we're off-road ABS off. And I said to the Japanese engineer, why 
doesn't the Tenere come with a button for ABS off? And the Tenere's brakes are unbelievable on the pavement, and they're very, very good off-road. But if you're on a steep decline and put the front or rear brake on, you'll feel a pulsation in your foot or hand. I'm sure our listeners have felt it in their car, especially early ABSs that our parents had. There'll be a, a pulsation. That's the ABS locking up the brake, letting it off. When it sense lock or block, the Germans call it, it releases. And it does this many, many times a second. What that translates into the adventure rider going down a hill it feels like you have no brakes. It will scrub off some speed, but not as well as ABS off. So a trick I learned on the early years of the Yamaha Tenere that came to North America, the 1200, is if you put it on the center stand, start it up, put it in second gear, and let the clutch out, what happens is the ABS computer says, hey, we have one wheel sensor on the front not moving and one on the back that is moving and it shuts off the ABS, which is really cool. Then you have fantastic hydraulic brakes for that steep downhill. And, and it resets again, of course, when you when you shut it off and start it up again. Exactly. Right, because that's that's the computer doing its check right at the start. As you start to pull exactly. away, the computer makes sure that both wheels are rotating and it can sense them. If it can't sense that, then it shuts off because it knows it's not going to work properly. Exactly. Yeah. Now, um, a lot of European bikes still have the feature of when you turn your ignition off and back on, it will reboot to a normalcy. Uh, Germany tells me, you know, up to 90% of the purchaser of a BMW GS adventure bike does not ride it off-road. So my job as an instructor is to get more butts on the gravel. That's why we have a school. But when you shut off the key, unless a GS is in Enduro Pro mode, then it reboots ABS on traction control on. Enduro Pro mode on a KTM, they call it a little different, but on the 1090, 1190s, you can put it in a mode where it will remember the electronic settings that you currently have when you shut it off. When you start it up six months, a year later, ABS and traction control are still off, but it has to be in this particular setting. So what we tell our customers, you've got your ABS off, your traction control off, because you're doing some hills off-road. If you're only stopping to tell a small story or a joke or for our instructor's purpose, we just want to do a little coaching, just use your engine kill switch, the red button. Don't turn your ignition off. Because a lot of motorcycles, without that Enduro Pro mode, it will put the ABS and the traction control back on. The Triumph Tiger comes to mind. So that's, it, you know, it only takes 30 seconds, 45 seconds, but you've got to scroll through a series of electronic settings to get to ABS and shut it off again. But just to be clear here, so what you're saying is shut the ABS off. Whether you have to fool the computer at the start to stop it from operating, um, you're not going to be doing these hills with ABS. Well, you can. It's just a lot more exciting. We have a lot of customers come to our school with V-Stroms. Fantastic bike. Um, you know, bang for the buck is unbelievable. Phenomenal value. But it doesn't have quite the same attributes making it a great adventure off-road bike as some of the European brands. But they're also a lot more money. So a lot of V-Strom people will try to find the ABS pump fuse and pull that out so they have hydraulic brakes. I think if your horse doesn't like water, don't go in the water with your horse. So if you find yourself in the mountains in Duncan, British Columbia, maybe don't do the really, really steep stuff if your motorcycle can't shut the ABS off because 
your descent speed is going to be a lot higher than if you could shut the ABS off. Mm. I guess there's some hacks. I mean, this goes down a rabbit hole that we probably don't want to go down, but there's some hacks. I mean, you could wire, and I've thought of, if I was stuck with that situation, I would wire an interrupt switch for one of the sensors, the front or rear, and and that would effectively shut the system off. Um, You probably have to shut your ignition off and back on again to reboot it to get the system working again and start away again, but at least that would get it going. So, I mean, there's ways around this sort of stuff, and and like I say, probably a a rabbit hole we don't want to go down. And I'm sure on... On um, brand chat lines, V-Strom chat lines, or the Tenere has a big following, especially in Europe. There are switches aftermarket you can buy that interrupt, which is essentially shutting it off. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do know that the more modern Tenere, you can't put it on the stand and fool the ABS that I talked about earlier. I tried it last week with a 2017 Tenere. It didn't work. So they hmm. bypass that electronically. <laughs> They're out to stop everyone from doing that. They've read the forums. Well, I guess um, in an engineering or litigation sense, they can't propose that you put, you know, something that wasn't doesn't come with the bike on it. But um, but I was pleased to see Honda's um, caught on a little bit where you can remove ABS from the rear wheel. Um, it really does help with ABS off to be able to lock up the rear wheel descending a hill. And that creates a mound of material, whatever it is, gravel, sand, in front of the contact patch of the rear tire, and that decelerates you. With ABS on, that won't lock up. There's no mound of dirt, and you don't get that deceleration from it. Okay, so so we we talked about the the turnaround there in detail. I just want to touch on the hill start. Now, the hill start really uh, is when you've you've went part way up the hill for whatever reason you've stopped. Maybe somebody's in front of you that you you know that stopped you didn't see it, or or you maybe you want to stop to scope something out. Something caught your eye. In any case, you feel you can pull away. It's not super steep that you can't pull away. What's our best practices for pulling away on the hill? Maybe there's gravel, sand, whatever the case is. Yeah, if you've got good traction, you can walk up the hill. You're going to need more throttle and a really smooth, slow clutch release. If you have lots of throttle on and pop the clutch out, the front wheel's already halfway into a wheelie. The bike could flip over right over backwards. Mm -hmm. I've seen 1,200 GSAs come down the hill tumbling without the rider when they did that. You can loop out any motorcycle that way. If it's loose terrain, wow, good luck. It is very, very tough. Um, I'm thinking of the scenario you mentioned when the gentleman on the Africa Twin, the clutch-equipped Africa Twin, he just didn't want to admit that he couldn't get up the hill and just kept pouring the coal to it and the back end just sunk. What I would do in that scenario, you obviously can't, move forward. The train's too soft. The bike is actually stuck. What I would do is carefully lay it over on the ground, clutch out. Now drag the back wheel one foot from the hole you made. Use your boot and fill in that hole. Don't be a schmuck to the other people coming up the hill. They could wipe out hitting that. Then with the clutch out, Stand the bike back up and do the hill recovery turnaround that we talked about and go back down. So we actually teach that if you fall when you're going uphill, leave the bike on the ground. Don't pick it up because you got to do that whole clutch hill turn. What we do is leave the bike on the ground. That's also why you invest in crash guards. You simply grab the front wheel and pull the motorcycle around until it's facing downhill. Then pick it up, jump back on, away you go. Now, um, but on that same hill, if you wanted to pull away and you wanted to continue up the hill, 
Yeah. So, so in other words, I'll give you another example. Like I remember one time riding some logging roads and the, and the road is very steep going up. It's loose gravel and rocks and a lot of uh, what's called ballast on the road. So you've got traction there, but if you, if you let the clutch out normally, you'll just spin. And what happened was we were going around this little tight switchback and the bike in front of me stopped for whatever reason. As I came around, I saw him, I had to stop. Well, then I've got to get going again. That's the situation where I'm thinking, okay, so you want to keep going. You think you can do it. What are we doing? You'd have to ride your clutch. It's not the nicest thing to do to your clutch, but every now and then it's not going to hurt it. So that means you have to add power. So pick a point on idle much higher than idle and freeze your right hand. And then only let out enough clutch to get the wheel turning, but not spinning. Because if you just drop the clutch, it's going to just spin and you're going to go nowhere other than down. So if you ride the clutch, sometimes it requires pushing off with both feet if you can touch the ground. Or what I've had to do before in that instance is walk beside my bike and a practiced maneuver I do is called the John Wayne start. On flat ground, I stand beside my motorcycle on the left gear shift side, pull the clutch in, pop it into first gear, I put my left foot in the stirrup or on the foot peg. As I slowly let the clutch out, I stand up and swing my leg over. Now, the older I get, the more tired I get after a long day of teaching. That's an easier way for me to get on. It seems like my bike grows in height and breadth when I'm tired. <laughs> and weight. <laughs> or, yeah, and weight. Or you've got your saddlebags on, you've got a dry bag where the passenger would be. It's hard to swing your leg up like you normally would. So there's a few tricks to getting on a heavily laden motorcycle. But that's what I would do on the hill. Because if you put your 160 to 250 pounds on the bike, you're making it a lot harder to move off on a steep hill. Walk beside it, get it rolling then quickly jump on with the left foot on the peg, keep it moving with the clutch and throttle, and then swing your leg over. You've got your momentum, your traction, you're gone. So would it be safe to say with all of this stuff that what we want to keep in mind is that we want to be sort of slow and deliberate, no jerky moves, everything is starts slow and builds up? Absolutely. I think some of the best riders I've ever seen on adventure bikes are people with a lot of trials motorcycle experience. Because in trials, they're the absolute magicians of clutch, throttle, brake, and balance. And they don't race into a section. That's more motocross. It's wide open to the corner, get around the corner, wide open again. Trials is more precision. So you're looking for traction, you're looking and picking a line, and it's very, very clutch-based for traction. And these trials people get on adventure bikes and they just walk away from it. That's why we've made trials an integral part of our two-day adventure bike course. We have eight modern trials bikes and a whole bunch of uh, vintage ones, just because I love those. And... Uh, for two hours on the second day, we want you on a trials bike. Nice. So you're standing up the whole time. They have no seat. And you learn how to go over obstacles and steep hills and soft sand on a small, lightweight bike. And the skills you take from that are very easily adapted to a 600-pound bike. You mentioned several times here, you've made references to the BMW way, the way you've been taught about the GSs. What, what was so different about the BMW training that you weren't training before with your normal off-road training? Well, I do remember in a, a mountainous downhill, and uh, Tom Wolf is probably, they call him Hair GS, Mr. GS. He kind of invented, along with another marketing person, the BMW Trophy, where countries around the world, participants from different countries will meet for a really hard week-long challenge. Uh, unbelievably good rider and good instructor. Although probably 
some would say a little grouchier than my style. I really yuck it up when I'm teaching. He doesn't do that. He thought I was a goof, I think. But I remember him, he would take his glove off when we got to the bottom of the hill. And he would touch his hand on the rear brake rotor. And if the disc gave him any heat, he would yell at me, Schmout, again! Because my years and years of riding, you develop certain habits, muscle memory. Uh, I always shut a motorcycle off with a kill switch, then the key. I've been doing that for 40 years. It's hard to tell your brain to do something different. I've also been using the rear brake on downhills my whole life riding off-road. And the Germans wanted to impress upon us front brake only. That's all you need. So if there is any heat in your rear brake, <laughs> you have to do it again. Yeah, front brake only. Mm. So that was a real eye-opener to me. And I think uh, a good rider you know, listens to your radio station. They read. They watch YouTube. They take training. Take a little bit out of everything. And you've got to burn some gas then and practice it, but it'll make you a better rider. So it made me a really, uh, it broadened my thought pattern around ABS and traction control and which brake to use and taught me lessons that I'd never done before or never taught. A little more advanced skill we do in a level two GS course is riding along on gravel, flat gravel, first gear, covering your clutch, progressively put the front brake on with the clutch out and the gas on until the front wheel locks up and you see how far can you ride the motorcycle standing up with the front wheel locked. Mm, that's a and tough it one. sounds, why would you do that? Mm. It teaches you the threshold of front brake use. It also with experience, it lets you know the millisecond before that front wheel is going to pitch to the right or left. And some people are amazing at it. Some people really struggle. But the whole idea of, it, of doing it is that you can go into a corner harder, faster. It's a great motocross lesson because everything about um, motocross racing and most motorcycle racing is a drag race from corner to corner. So if I can stay off my brakes a little longer than you, I'm going to pass you. But I still got to be able to get on the brakes hard to make the corner. This lesson will help that pavement rider. I don't care what you're racing. Threshold braking with the front wheel locked up. It's not for the faint of heart. You're probably going to drop your bike. But it really does help. I would never have thought of doing that in the training or my own riding had I not been exposed to others curriculum well as far as assignment goes do you have a, a sort of an assignment that we can give the listeners so they can try and develop the skills for the hill start and the turnaround on their own yes yeah if they are riding off-road they must have a hill in their area um so i would try something that you've done before but it's safe it's got a really good vision so you're not going to be on a blind corner stopping when someone in their ATV or Jeep comes flying around. So it's got to be a really good open area and always go with a buddy. I think it's just like swimming. Um, I know there was a guy in BC who fell off his GS, the bike pinned him, and he was there for two days before hikers found him. So if you're going alone, you better have a spot device or some way to communicate with a satellite to get out of there. Mm. So um, find a hill and then practice that momentum. So body position first. You've got to be standing. You can't sit down on an adventure bike for most of the challenging parts of it. Soft sand, hills, obstacles, corners, everything is standing. Then work on leaning forward, your eyes up, and you're picking a line. Whenever we take grass off a hill, water from rain will erode and make ruts, little channels in the hill. They're not always perfectly straight. Sometimes they're on the right, sometimes they're on the left. So if you're looking down in front of your front wheel, 
you're going to end up in one of these ruts and you're done. So head up, eyes up, two fingers covering the clutch, which is recovery if you need it. Momentum. Hit that hill as hard as you can safely. So if it goes from flat to an abrupt angle, you can't hit it too fast because the front suspension will bottom out when it actually gets on the hill. So you're going to have to judge how fast to hit it, but momentum is your friend. Now, once you're on the hill, leaning forward, toes on the pegs, you'll hear and sense if you've got good traction. If the bike is really lugging, you can clutch it a little, get the revs up, and feed the clutch back out if you're already in first. If you're in a higher gear, quickly downshift to a lower gear. Keep the revs up and keep that momentum going. And the thing that stops most people on hills is the front wheel starts moving to the right or left that the rider doesn't anticipate or want. And they simply go that way, pull the clutch in and stop. Our advice is when you sense that, standing up, lean heavily on the other side of the bike, foot into the peg. That will help bring it back. If need be, pull a clutch in for a millisecond, straighten your steering and hit it again. That will keep it going. So that would be a great thing to practice. The best hill is something that you could ride up, turn around, and safely come back down. Depending on the part of the world you're in, even off-road, the right-hand side of the hill is safer going up in western parts of the world because we ride on the right-hand side of paved roads. So going around blind corners and hills, we always recommend stay to the right. Coming downhill, stay to the right. Well, Clinton, thank you so much for taking the time to run through these skills with us. That was a lot of fun. Oh, my pleasure. We'll have to get you back again uh, on for another rider skills sometime. Yeah, please call. Happy to. That was Clinton Smout from Smart Adventures in Ontario, Canada. You can contact him through his website at uh, smartadventures.ca. And of course, that link will be in the show notes. And also in the show notes, we're going to put a video that Clinton made demonstrating the hill turnaround. So if you want to see the visuals on that, drop by the website, check out the show notes, or go to Clinton's website himself. I just want to remind you this episode was made possible for you today in part by Max BMW Motorcycles at www.maxbmw.com, Best Rest Products at www.cyclepump.com, Green Chili Adventure Gear at www.greenchiliadv.com, and Moto Breeze Chain Oilers, www.motobreeze.com. up another episode of Adventure Rider Radio and we sure hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we did making it. Special thanks to our producer, Elizabeth Martin, and to you the listener, thank you very much. We hope you enjoyed our Rider Skills program this week and if you have any questions or topics for Rider Skills that you'd like to hear drop us a note, trip by the website or or catch us on Facebook at the website www.adventureriderradio.com and uh, there's a contact form there. Just uh, send us your thoughts or send us your uh, topics that you'd like us to cover for riding skills. Well, it's time to get out there and ride your bike. Hey, if, you, uh, if you're not doing it already, we would love it if you consider supporting the show. It's built on a model of some advertising and listener support to make the whole thing work, and we could use your support. So um, drop by our website and have a look at the support button and see what we're offering. Anything $10 or more gets you a sticker sent back at you. Anything 50 or more gets you mentioned on our Raw show. And, uh, of course, we would love it if you consider the patron monthly system where um, you just pledge a certain amount per month, and then at uh, the end of each month, it gets uh, taken from your credit card 
yard, any amount, a dollar, five dollars, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, but we would certainly appreciate your help. My name is Jim Martin. This is Adventure Rider Radio. See you next week. This is Scooter Chance Scotty uh, coming to you from Adventure Rider Radio.